Shut up and sit down. Welcome, everybody. I want to greet you. I want to be here at the door. Let me open it for you. Come on in. Join us for another wonderful episode. Episode 284 of Third Shift. I, of course, am one of your lovely, docile hosts, Mr. Eric, the little banana man, hiding in the corner. And with me today, you know it, he's here for real. This ain't a fakesy one. He's here. Mr. Matt, the inglorious bastard himself, has joined us today to record a beautiful episode and have a good time. And by golly, there's all sorts of wonderful things to talk about. So, we're going to get straight into it. Except we're not, I lied, because we have to do... The usual. Matt, what are you up to? How's the week been? What's going on? Tell me about it. I don't know. That is getting into it, though, Eric. This is also the fun part of the show. All the parts of the show this time will be fun because I get to talk about, hey, man, I was I was continuing on. I was riding that rocket ship. I still had it lassoed, and I was going to the moon because I was like, yeah, man, my last day off. I think it was my last day off. Yeah, Friday. I was like, I'm going to beat Resident Evil Village, or I'm going to put a crap ton of time into it. I'm going to start playing. Oh, yeah. I was riding that rocket ship. I got a little walkthrough up just in case I got lost, you know, because, hey, find four things inside the big castle. I don't I don't even remember where I started off. Okay, go here, here, here. Okay, yep, that's where the first daughter was. Okay, go here, here, here. Okay, now I don't really need the walkthrough. I'm just kind of going through it because now I know what I'm doing. And I got through there, beat the extra daughters, beat Lady D, and went, come on back to the town and go start doing stuff. And I went, I'll do that later, though. I'll, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put it down for now because I'd been playing so many games for so many hours. I started playing this game and I went, okay, I, I, I accomplished my first goal. I beat Lady D. I'm going to the next thing. I didn't play a single game the rest of that day. I went on YouTube and I watched some speed runs. I put up, I, I told you, mm-hmm. put up some Final Fantasy speed runs and just kind of vegged out for the rest of that day. And I also never went back. Oh no. What I did do was for the rest of that weekend, I thought, okay, I got to get back into that. And it just never, I just never picked up the controller to do it. I was like, I should do it, but I'm at the start of the next piece. Like I wanted to be in the middle of something and continue on again. But I did that, and then it went, okay, now start over, kind of. And I just went, oh, man, that doesn't sound good. And it didn't sound good, and it didn't sound good, and it didn't sound good. But what did sound good was, I believe it was Sunday night. I got on, I was, I, I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast, but over the past couple of weeks, I've been watching on YouTube a lot of Final Fantasy retrospectives. Like, the one dude did a whole series where he went from Final Fantasy one all the way up through 14 as the as of the time of this recording. He hasn't done the 15 one yet. Every single Final Fantasy game, like mainline, not tactics or, you know, spin-offs. And that's just been ringing in my head. And obviously the Pixel remasters have come, and I'm like, "You know what? If I wanted to do it, now's the time to do it." And so I did get the remasters, and they've been sitting in my queue for a while cuz I've been like, ah, "I don't know what I really want to do." But Sunday night, I went Nothing else is sounding good. Resident Evil's not sounding good. Deathloop's not sounding good. I don't know what to do for Game Pass this month yet. I'm going to get on and hook up my little stream deck. It's right here, right next to me, shining lights on me. And I'm going to stream Final Fantasy 1 Pixel Remaster. And I did. 
And the audio was not that great because I didn't have the levels right. Because when I did my test, it was with the prelude music. Uh-huh. It wasn't with the bumping big orchestral battle music. So maybe it didn't sound that great, but I did it. God damn it. And I had a lot of fun with it. Something about those pixel graphics and it's bright and it's colorful and it's in your face. And my my thief died a few times and it was kind of tough and I did have to grind for gill so I could level, you know, I could get the best armor and weapons, but that doesn't count as grinding to me. It's just you're equipping yourself, whatever. I had fun with that. And a dude raided with people from his channel and I got some followers and I went, yeah, this is great. So that's been stewing in my brain again. I need to do that again. I need to do that again. But hmm, it's Monday or Tuesday. I don't want to stream like right away again because then it'll feel like too much uh-huh. all at once. Let me go on Game Pass. I got to find a Game Pass game. What's in my play later queue? Dodgeball Academia. That's going to be bright and colorful and cartoony. Downloaded it. Played it for like two hours maybe. Hit a side quest where I had to fight three really hard battles in a row. And I went, I, d- I just don't think this is it. Some of the other like main storyline stuff, it's it's fun and it's cute. And it's kind of like shonen anime style. And there's a bunch of fun characters. But I just went, something something wasn't clicking. I had that, I had that Resident Evil feeling. Like if I stop playing it right now, I'm probably not going to pick it up again anytime soon. So I went, okay, it's not this. That's not for this month. Delete. What else is in the play later queue? Flynn, Son of Crimson. I think it was maybe in the last Nintendo Direct. It was like, hey, here's all these indie games from Devolver. Boom, they're coming out soon. Download that. Started playing it. Beautiful pixel art. Nice music. Pretty fun gameplay, but it's a little stiff. I don't know if I got into that one either. I played it for a couple hours, and I had advanced through, and I started unlocking a few things, and I went, man, this is it's all right. I don't know if I'm going to keep playing it, though. But Pixel Remaster still keeps spinning here. If I didn't have something else to do last night, I was going to stream it again. Uh-huh. Maybe I'll do it on Friday. I don't know. Who knows? Or the weekend. But that's what I want to play right now. Like, nothing else is sounding good. But Final Fantasy One Pixel Remaster on stream is sounding good. I don't know why, but that's it's it. It's scratching the inch. That's the only thing that I've played recently that's got me just fiending. Fiending for more. And other than that, I don't think I did a single thing. I, what, I had to have done something on the weekend. What did I do? I have no idea. I don't know what Matt did. I have no idea. He's been living in space, taking his time, flying a train through the Albert Drive. What'd he do? There's nothing on the calendar. <laughs> you didn't so do I nothing. apparently did, you did nothing. 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 So going from one man who did nothing to another man who didn't even update what I wrote in his thing for the show notes, so I know he did nothing. Eric, what did you do this week? Tell me it was nothing. Oh, it was nothing, Matt. Yeah. I still don't have any will to play a video game. I haven't touched my systems or anything at all. Uh, I don't know. You know, maybe it's the end. It's the end times. Cthulhu is called, and I'm just waiting to be taken. Um, I just don't you're just have the, a will. You're the one cultist in the world. Instead yep. of it being all over the place and it's just a, an apocalypse for humanity, yep. just it's just me. you. Oh. Just me, heading out. That's fine. You know, one at a time through the generations. It's fine. We'll build an army over the millennia, the thousands and thousands of years. It'll be great. I'll be long dead by then, so go nuts. It, yeah, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. You're just fine. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, just don't feel like playing a game. I just sit around watching anime and hope that the next day comes. That's all I do. So uh, it's been a pretty wild week watching lots of anime. <laughs> I won't go into detail because Matt, 
Matt loses his shit when I start talking about <laughs> the thousands of different shows I've seen in the anime universe. But uh, let's just say I've gone through quite a bit of them. I've gone through uh, probably five to six more seasons worth of uh, shows. So, uh, you know, oh, you know what? I will mention this. You won't scowl and be sad about this. I got back into reading. That's good, yeah. I've read about three-fourths of the way through um, Brandon Sanderson's Rhythm of War, his, the latest one he did back in 2020 for that uh, particular saga. And it's been awesome. You know, just getting back in there, sitting there, just reading a book. Went to Barnes & Noble and read for like three hours straight. Just sat there reading, drinking a coffee. So, you know, at least there's some bonus points for that. You know, my my main actual real passion reading got back into that again. So felt good. Felt nice. But uh, definitely, definitely something weird going on. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta figure it out. I gotta fix it up. You were talking about those Final Fantasy Pixel games, and I'm like, you know, maybe Part Two would be my jam. I loved, you know, I loved Two. You know, it was a great one. So you mean Four? No. Well, it's Four, yeah. but I call it Two. Whatever. We know what it is. Well, see, Everybody since we're that. talking about Final Fantasy Pixel remasters now, that's the one I'm afraid of. Like doing one and two and three because I've never played two or three really. You know, I've maybe downloaded uh-huh. a ROM and played it for fifteen minutes. Those are going to be fun and and brand new experiences. But I started. I mean, I played one on the NES, but I didn't really beat it or anything. But my my love of Final Fantasy started with two or four, mm-hmm. so that's the one I'm scared of because I know those music tracks by heart. Like I know what they sound like and what they feel like. And the arranged music in, I mean, Jesus, even in the first one, is amazing. It's great. There's horns and trumpets and drums. You feel like a real, like it's real music. But that's not what Final Fantasy IV music sounds like. I'm terrified to start playing that and just go, ah. And the other thing is the script. I mean, it's a new translation, all redone up. Uh That's not what Cecil says right there. That's not what... No, I'm I'm terrified of when I get to that one ah, that it's just going to be so jarring that I'm just going to be like, that's not this isn't home. I'm I'm not I'm outside of my house. I don't like it. And I have a different passion about it because uh, one, I played a little bit of way back when I was a kid. And hated it. RPGs were stupid. Didn't like them at the time. Never played it again. Never put touch two and three until my buddy Daniel played three. So I watched him play through three. I never played three. I just watched him play it. Okay. So then years and years and years and years and years and years later, I actually became an RPG fan through Wild Arms and other games for the PlayStation. I went to Iraq and I got stuck in this uh, CMOC where I was, you know, doing all sorts of stuff, you know, telling people where to go, talking to air, all this stuff. But in the downtime, I had nothing to do. So I got these ROMs of Final Fantasy 2 and 3. And I played through 2 and 3 respectively in, in order. And that's where my first introduction to those two games really came in. Like I said, I already watched the playthrough of 3, but I never did it myself. 2 I'd never touched at all. And so I got to play those in Iraq while, you know, oh, yeah, 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 you can't go down that road. They're going to kill you. Oh, yeah, whatever. Shut up. I'm, I'm busy. So when you're saying 2 and 3, you mean American 2 and 3, which is 4 and 6? Or do you mean actual 2 Yes, 4 two and three? 6. All right. 4 and 6. Exactly. Jeez, oh, Pete. Come on, man. Yes, four you're the six. one who did it. I spe- I specified. I was I was the real boy. 
you all know what I'm talking about. Americans know what I'm talking about, okay? You RPG freaks out there trying to get a hold of your you know, Japanese versions going, well, that's technically not the real version. There's one, two, or three. But yeah, well, you know, sorry, okay? I'm just, just being technically correct because now yes. you can play one through you can. six You're right. Shortly. You can actually play through all of them pretty so I'm, soon. I'm so I'm making sure everybody knows which one I actually mean. Mm-hmm. So for me, they came much later. And so I don't have I have an attachment to them. They were fantastic. They were lovely. I enjoyed every second of it. But you know I don't have that that core memory of childhood with them or anything. So you know when you're talking, I'm like, man, you know it'd be really great to play through two again. Man, that'd be great. Oh, I should do it. I should do it. And then I go, no, no, I shouldn't, because of course I don't want to play no games right now. But but maybe someday, man, maybe I will. Maybe I will. And I'm getting scared because they just released. Well, they have the release date for six, which is the RPG of yeah, all RPGs. And so I'm like scrutinizing every screenshot and like blowing it up. I'm like, but um, she looks a little bit different, but I kind of like it, but it's a little different. Mm, I don't know. Mm. They showed the Magitek armor walk. I was like, okay, this this looks pretty good, but I don't know if it looks 100%. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. So I'm scared of those. I'm scared of those. Five should be okay because I played through five, but I don't have big memories of it. But oh, man, I don't know. It should be fun. All I know is it's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm planning to do one through six on there, and then I told you, actually just play all the Final Fantasies. Just go through them all, because there's so many I didn't either didn't play or haven't beaten, or just they kind of I just even forgot most about them. I don't know. Should be fun. Yeah. Well, I can. Yeah. From seven on, I've played and beat them all, but but definitely those older ones are hit and miss for me, or just weird times and weird things. So. It would be nice to go ahead and go through them again myself. Realistically, though, with all the damn games coming out and the fact that I don't want to touch them right now. You're not even going to play them anyway, so don't use that as an excuse. (laughs) What games are coming out that I'm going to ignore? No, no. Hey, you know, speaking of ignoring, speaking of games coming out, man, hey, it's the perfect transition. You got a game. What's going on? Is there a game release coming up? Something something biting biting on the tongue? A little something happy for you? Well, there's only one game released that... We both were going to talk about, but I I didn't research it very well. So I have two mini-releases, which are a total cop-out because they're from the thing we're going to talk about as the topic of the show, which is the Nintendo Direct that happened. Your two mini-releases are, one, Triangle Strategy has a brand new demo, which is the prologue demo, which lets you play through chapters one through three and save your progress to carry over into the game, which releases, I believe, on March 4th. And of course, Triangle Strategy is the HD 2D isometric tactical RPG, moving units on a grid and casting spells and using abilities and having a great time. And if you've played the original demo, you know how cool and stylish and fun it is. Now you get to do more of the actual story. Not a lot more. Like I said, it's only three chapters and you don't get too far into the game and too far into the systems. But from an article that I read up right before we got on here, in case I did need to talk about it, and I do need to talk about it, they did say that there's a lot of cool mechanics where, you know, you have a fire mage so they can cast spells against the enemy or, like, light a piece of terrain on fire. But they were saying, I believe, they said you could buy these items in the shop, or if not, just find them on the field. But you could buy or find oil barrels, so you could spill oil over a certain area or a few pieces of ground and then light it on fire. So maybe those early turns you have to protect a certain character or whatever. You put that character in this ring and then have your this ring of oily terrain, have your people inside it. Then when the enemy starts coming, now they're all burning up. 
you know, classic movies and classic battle scenes like you've always seen, stuff like that. Any kind of modifiers to terrain or items you can use to modify terrain that works with your spells gets me excited. So I'm excited to download and play this. And then a thing that you should be excited to download and play, Eric, I know because you watched the Nintendo Direct, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a free download for a game that you used to like to play called Metroid Dread. And this is right up your alley, Eric, no, because it's, <laughs> it's the Dread Mode update where one hit from literally anything will kill you and it's uh-huh. game over for you. I saw this and I went, Eric's going to love that. He's going to play oh, he it loves those types on of that mode. He's going to be like, oh, I'm just, I'm, he's going to come on and be like, oh, I've been grinding away on that all week. I made it two rooms over the course of four days, but it feels so good. I feel so accomplished. I love it to death. But if you, you know, if you're a coward, if you're a, if you're a scrawny, scaredy boy, if you're not cool and hardcore like my buddy Eric is, that's really what he's. He was waiting until this came out. Now he's going to get back into now games because of this. Mm-hmm. But if you're not cool like him, they do have a rookie mode update where you get massive energy recovery. You get, I mean, I don't think it's like super easy mode, but they said, hey, your recovery is a lot greater, and they showed like hey, this person has 24 energy and that person has 94. So I think your health drops, whatever there are in the game, I don't know if they're fairly frequent or fairly sparse, are going to be bigger. So if you're having a tough time with Metroid Dread, you did say there are a couple of really tough areas in there. This will help you out. Or you could just be a man and put on Dread Mode. And just, you won't need health pickups because one hit will kill you. It's great. Now, I, you know, you say all this, and I, I look back to a time before the Great Depression where I don't know what games are anymore. And I, I, I don't know if I even mentioned on the show. I hope I did. I'd assume I did. I started playing the hard mode of the FF7 remake Yuffie's DLC. And I, I feel like I remember that, but I don't know if you said it here. I don't, I don't know if I said it on the show. Anyways, I started the hard mode. And holy cow, man, I'm, I'm pretty good at that game. I was whooping its butt by the end of it. But... I went in that hard mode, and I went, oh, jeez, oh, Pete's. It schooled me, and I had to, like, relearn how to actually really play. You know, there was no more you can cheat, and you can get away with just attacking a few times and a couple of good attacks, and you're going to be okay. It was, no, you will do exactly as you're supposed to be doing. If there's an elemental weakness and you don't exploit it, you will not win, period. You know, it was that type of gameplay. And I did find that really awesome. Really frustrating, mind you. I spent, I think, 40 minutes on a particular fight while talking to my brother, uh, getting more and more verbally uh, aggressive as the time went. But the satisfaction when I actually beat said little boss thing or whatever, I was like, damn, I'm going to be good at this game. I'm going to be the best of the best at this game. I'm going to be so good at this game. Woo! Can't wait. And mind you, remember, I've played FF7 remake like three times at this point so there's something to be said for being amazing at stuff you know maybe i will pick up that metroid dread and be super hardcore mode one hit die no exceptions whoa i mean there's something to be said for being amazing at stuff but you actually have to like do the stuff to be amazing at like you can be like yeah i'm great at that game all right show me nah i just uh, i don't play i don't play games what's r1 anymore. button how am i supposed to i what's, don't know how am i supposed to know don't tell my secrets man don't tell my <laughs> secrets <laughs> And of course, speaking of hard, which Matt brought up, Sifu's out, everybody. Slow Clap developed and published this particular title for the PS4, PS5, and Windows. It's out right now. It came out February 8th, if you're wondering, officially. But of course, reviews were up before all that. 
It's a really cool action beat em up type style game. You go through five different levels. You are the martial artist, all right? And these five baddies, they came in, they jacked up your sensei, they screwed him over, they killed him. But guess what? They didn't finish the job because they came to kill you. However, you were holding this magical talisman that gives you the power to revive yourself. But the bad part is, is it takes your age, okay? So it accelerates your age. And every time this happens, you go forward and forward and forward in time. So while you're doing these five stages to beat these five dudes that have wronged you and your sensei, you will die. And if you die, you will age. The cool part is, is depending on how you fight while you're going through these five stages, if you're really doing all the counters, doing all the really cool stuff, comboing your moves up, when you die, you'll age less. So it won't be as aggressive. Okay, but if you're doing poorly and you're just being sloppy with your moves as you go along and you're not utilizing the uh, the backdrops, there'll be like uh, all sorts of there'll be weapons, there'll be lights, there'll be bottles, there'll be all sorts of things and environmental stuff that you can use while doing your kung fu fighting these bad guys heading towards the end that will help you along the way. And if you're utilizing all those as well as comboing your moves, you will not age as aggressively when you die. Okay, so the and, and here's the other trick. This is what actually made me want to play because the whole controversy is that this game's really tough and there's no like easy mode for folks and everyone's up in arms going, why is there a mode that's accessible for everybody? And so right now it's a whole thing. Like, should it be? Should it not be? Besides all that, it doesn't matter. The game got me hooked into actually thinking it might be something I wanted to give a shot because the different ages also give you like different abilities. So, like, when you get older, you're more frenetic. You know what you're doing more. Your kung fu smoother. However, you have less HP, this and that, because, of course, you're getting older. So, the dynamic in your age range just dictates different stats and different ways you're fighting. And I thought that was, that's just super cool. That's, like, beyond awesome levels. So, you, then you got to be like, well, where am I best at? What am, where, where am I best at fighting with the way I like to do things? And then, of course, going with that. You start then going, well, maybe I do at stage two want to make sure I'm like 33 years old because that's where I feel most comfortable fighting this particular boss or doing this particular thing. However, you have to make sure you got enough life and energy, etc. to get to Yang, who's the last boss, and defeat him and take over. Well, not take over, but just avenge your sensei, etc., whatever. So can you actually get too old and have like a game over state? Yes. You have to do it all at all 70. At 70, it's game over. Okay. So if you reach 70, you lost, kick buckets, get on back, do it all over again. And like I said, but there's only five stages. And you will die and you will repeat these five stages according to everybody I hear from talking about the game. It's all about mastering it and knowing where to age, where not to age, where you should be able to get to before any deaths come, that kind of thing. This is not an easy game. It's complicated. It's hard. But from what I hear, it's a ton of fun figuring out everybody's maneuvers, everybody's counters. And then, of course, like I said, all the boss fights, they have their own unique attacks and everything, the environmental situations, things going on. And you will get wrecked and you will have to learn them, come back again, knowing what you've learned, and then try to incorporate it with your, your martial arts and your moves. This makes me really sad, Eric. Again... <laughs> Because as as with most releases that we do, I get really sad about this one because when I first saw, hey, Sifu's coming out and they showed like an old man doing Kung Fu 
and I didn't. They didn't talk about it. They didn't see mm-hmm. much about it. And I haven't seen anything since until it's releasing. Like I saw pre-release hype and people going, "I can't wait to." You know, I've preloaded it. I can't wait for it to go live. And I went, "Why? It's just some kind of game. I don't know. Maybe it's because I've been burned out on martial arts games since like the Bruce Lee game on the Xbox that wasn't very good but was decent enough. But I got hyped and bought it, and then I just went, "Ah." So maybe I put this into that bucket. But now hearing all this stuff about it. I'm like, man, I should have pre-ordered it. I wish I had gotten that influencer pack that had like the whole giant tea master set. Uh-huh. I was like, this sounds so awesome. It sounds so up my alley. Doing the stages just like you would do like a regular beat 'em up, like a side scroller. And then, you know, I obviously now I've seen some of the action, which is fluid and cool and you know, countering uh-huh. the dudes and like five dudes circling around you and they come in. Now knowing this part of it, how you age each time you die, and then your style changes and your physical attributes change. God, that sounds so cool. Yeah. But I'm not supposed to buy any more games. I already sort yeah, of broke that rule with Pixel Remaster, but it's just <laughs> going to be for stream, so it's it's technically different. It's different. Ah. Yeah. Well, there's another one to add to the list because it does seem pretty neat. It looks it lo- it does look really tough. It looks like one of those games that's kind of on the verge of what I would like or wouldn't like because I hate roguelikes. I've I've established this, but this one isn't quite that. It's a little bit different. It's, you know, that Streets of Rage, but taken way more seriously type thing. Yeah. So I don't know if you're into you know the, the whole cool beat 'em up action adventure type games, and, and you want this unique spin of having to really master your environments. Which of course I didn't even say the five environments are you know all different, very different, very unique, very cool. All of them have very different backdrops and uh, items and things to use while you're going through the environment itself. And I'll give you one little tip and, and secret. Apparently, once you beat it. Much like Hades, that's not the actual end. Mm. There's there's a whole other way to go through again and change everything to get something different. So you get two games in one almost. Wow, wow. What do you, what what's this say no about? Go check this game out. Give it a look. See, maybe it's for you. Maybe it is for you. But what is definitely for all of us? If you're listening to this podcast, you know it's for you. It's Tiny Teens Wonderlands. IGN has had. A plethora of coverage, at least a couple pieces every single week. We're going to start out with the one that I read up on just before the show here. We're going to talk about the little spell article they had. It came out earlier this week. I jumped in and was like, hey, how spells matter as much as guns or kind of the way they're making spells, not the centerpiece of this game, but one of the centerpieces, one of the tentpole pieces of this game. And we're going to go through it and say, one of the things that surprised me the most, and it sounded wrong the first time I read it, but rereading it again here, spells have manufacturers, just like the guns and grenades and shields do in Borderlands. And so this this brand of magic, it's quick single cast stuff. This is self-cast magic. This is channeled magic where you got to hold your arm out and do the thing. And it sounded so weird when, oh, your spells are manufact- have manufacturers, but it makes so much more sense in that now you're not just going to get a fireball spell and well, I don't like fireball, so I'm just going to do something else. Now it's, I don't like channeled magic, but I like having a shield. I like having a heal. I like CC type of stuff. And then re-rolling your spells as you pick up new ones or acquire new ones, then they're going to have stats and modifiers and stuff on them too. So I love fireball spell. 
You're never going to be like, oh, lightning just does more damage. You just upgrade to that. No, the next time you find from this manufacturer that type of fireball spell, you can get your god roll of that. And if you really just want to kit out your person that certain way, you can do it, it sounds like. It sounds awesome. It sounds way better than either of us mentioned on the podcast how we thought it would work. It sounds crazy. I love it. Yeah, I was I was taken aback. Uh, I, I thought you just got very standard skills. You know, th- this individual got a fireball or a meteor, you know, whatever. That was it. And then I read this and I went, and be- basically it was Ash and uh, Matt talking mm-hmm. with IGN about everything going on and, and how this was working. And then they were like, oh, yeah, it's going to be, like you said, under the manufacturers. And then you're going to build a min-max. So you uh, you get a meteor, but it's only got this ba- you know this many stats, this things, this things. But if you liked it, you can keep on trying to find a better meteor, which is going to do this. Or you can go ahead and get ice spikes, uh, f- hawks, hydras, which when I heard hydras, I was like, oh, I love hydras. Nothing's better than putting out a bunch of hydras, getting your pets out there, and then just having a cold beer and not even worrying about it. Just refreshing those hydras, making sure the pet's health stays up. You ain't got to worry about nothing. I didn't think spells were going to be working this way. Yeah. I thought, like I said, I thought it was just going to be a generic thing, just part of the part of the character class itself. To find out that it's basically, well, it is replacing grenades, literally. But on top of that, it is going to be as, well, maybe, but from the sounds of it, as dynamic and diverse as grenades. You know, you're going to be able to pick all sorts of different flavors and, and then get the better rolls for them, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, this, I mean... I'm so glad I know this now, but this needs to be bigger. This needs to be in every trailer. There needs to be like the final pre-release trailer that they do, like the big one. They needs that needs to show people acquiring new spells, opening a chest, like maybe it's like a magic book type of chest, and foom, and then spells kind of hover over and showing people looking at the cards to show each spell and maybe like he has a choice between fireball, lightning, and hydras, and then show quick gameplay snippets of each one because you and i didn't know this who else knew this and it's i don't want to say it's game changing but it totally is because it totally it reworks the way that mm-hmm. i thought that this was going to work and, and i won't say I, I was totally excited for the game oh yeah but i yeah, was yeah. like okay i'm just gonna have this basic spell law and then of course use the usual collect find cool rare guns and mm. off we go there's a whole other dynamic to this now. Now you're going to find like, cool oh rare spells and versions of your favorite yeah. spells. Yeah, and it's exactly like uh, Ash and Matt were talking about. Now it's a min-maxing, as, as stated in the IGN article, it's a min-maxing heaven. You know, you're going you're gonna to be able to do all sorts of combinations and whatnot with your pets, with your guns, with your spells that are going to all link together to give you all sorts of awesome combos and ways to do damage and, and link it all together for the massive amount of damage. Because, I mean, just obviously we don't have a frame of reference for this, but what I think of since it's replacing them is the grenades. You have grenades of certain types and they work certain ways, but when you find a legendary grenade of that same generic type, it's an electrical bouncing Betty grenade, but now this one chains with all the other ones or it has like a black hole suck-up effect. So you could be using, I really love my chain lightning spell, but now possibly I get a legendary version of it that now does all this other crazy stuff, because that's what they love doing with legendary anythings. I can't wait to see what the legendary spells look like, because it's going to be ridiculous. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. And of course, you're speaking of what they look like. They kind of went into a, a little bit of detail of how, 
as you mentioned earlier, you got channeled spells, direct spells, self-heal spells, and they've all got different uh, stylized effects on, on how they are used and incorporated. And like you said, is that going to be further shown when you get the legendary versions of them? Or are you going to see like some added effects while you're casting and then obviously the effects of said magic? That's going to be the, – the possibilities are endless with this. That's going to be so good. Like when you first picked up like the Nukem rocket launcher uh-huh. back in Borderlands 2 and you were firing off this stuff and I, me not even having any idea what the thing did, going, what the hell is that? Now you and I are going to pick up some awesome spell and I'll be like, oh, I can't wait to see what this looks like. And then fireballs are raining down on everything or a crack in the earth is opened and a big giant portal comes up. I don't know. Who, who even knows? But I can't wait to see it, like literally see it with my eyeballs. Uh-huh. It'll be awesome. Then, of course, just on top of it all, the fact that now that's one more thing you can hunt while you're out there farming, gaming, mm-hmm. doing your thing. One more item to be dropping that you can pick up and, and laugh over, talk over, fight over, whatever the case may be, just in general have a good time with that I didn't expect to be part of the game. Because once again, I thought it was just going to be guns and spells were just taking over grenades. So therefore, you lost, uh, you know, you lost one of your things you were chasing, basically. But now it's all back. It's all there. I can I can celebrate again and be happy with it and just be excited to get in there and know that I can mod up my character even more in the direction I want to go with how I like to play and what I want to do. If I can get like a chain lightning build. Where everything I do and every time an enemy hits me, it's just chain lightning everything. <laughs> it's going to be the best. Lightning hydras, chain lightning, uh, lightning guns. Just nothing. Nothing but lightning, man. Lightning all day long. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to where the game's just chugging. It can't even, it can't even handle what we're doing because all the, the screen will be will be lightning everywhere. Because that, that is one thing, it was kind of a minor point, but it did make me excited and I don't want to gloss over it. As they mentioned, since these spells are kind of you know unique items, guns can synergize with them. Other equipment can synergize with them too. They can not just, hey, spell damage plus 5%. Maybe each time you cast a spell, this happens. Or you know refresh your cool... When, when that's on cooldown, this happens with the gun. So more interplay between them. Like I think they had mentioned it a little bit, but all I was thinking was, oh uh, yeah, when you activate this, your spell cooldown goes faster. But now knowing that they are unique things, maybe when you're using this spell, when your hydras are out your weapon damage is buffed, you know, 20%. So you cycle through things and like you said, min max and build that character. I just love the idea of the guns, which we're kind of downplaying because it's the staple of Borderlands. Now those can synergize with the spells. They can both interact together in a really, in what could possibly be really cool ways. Yeah. And not only that with your pets, if you're a class with pets, mm-hmm. uh, I don't I don't know all the skill sets, etc. of all the different pet classes, but hey, what if one of your pet classes has a, a fire route? Well, now if you start getting meteor, fireball, etc., and then on top of that, getting guns that say, hey, if a meteor is out while you're shooting this, it casts an extra meteor on top of that, plus all your rounds do extra incendiary damage or something. All of a sudden, you're a maniac. Your pet's doing fire damage. Meteors are raining down from the sky. Extra meteors are raining down from the sky. Incendiary damage is going out to everybody. And you're just a wrecking ball, having a good old time, killing those poor sons of guns. 
I'm thinking, I'm thinking of too many cool things. We've got to stop this part of the discussion uh-huh. and we'll never get to the other topic. <laughs> I'm thinking about, hey, this meteor comes down. Maybe you have like some kind of legendary gun. It's the meteor shatterer. So you put the meteor out and as it's falling, if you shoot it, then it, <laughs> giant, it you could do so many cool things with it. Like, you know, Breaks obviously pieces. we've <laughs> done like <laughs> elemental orbs and stuff, but since you know that meteor is a kind of spell that you can get different roles of and keep with you as you upgrade it, Maybe this synergizes really good with meteors. Maybe this synergizes really good with lightning bolt or hydras or whatever. Oh, wow. Cool. A lot of possibilities. A lot of things that could be happening with this. They haven't really showcased too much. I wonder if they're trying to keep that secret on purpose so you can get in there and find out all the really great surprises. They did, of course, have a 20-minute uh, a gameplay, un, you know, unscripted, undone, just so, so you could watch. I did not watch it because... Like Matt said in a previous episode, I want to go through this, having a good time, mm-hmm. not knowing anything, playing it together, doing whatever. So I'm like, nope, this time around I'm not watching any of the gameplay videos. I'm not checking out nothing. I want everything Tiny Tina and the characters, etc. say and interact with to be 100% fresh. So that way there's nothing I have to go, oh yeah, I heard that you know seven times they were watching this gameplay and that gameplay video, etc. Yep, I agree with that. And hey, we're going straight on because we're getting late already as it is. I'm going straight on to the topic because it was a joyous time yesterday. It was yesterday when it happened. Nintendo Direct popped out. I sat down. I couldn't watch it live. I mean, I could have, but I was busy. I watched it later. Even though Twitter had spoiled some of the reveals, it was so awesome. This was like RPG Fanatic's Nintendo Direct. You can't deny it, Eric. Don't look at me like you didn't watch it. You better have watched it. (laughs) I watched it. I watched it. Now, you say RPG Fanatics, but I'm telling you, Matt, RPG Fanatics can go suck it because the best thing mentioned today, or yesterday, I should say, was one game in particular, and that's that new Disney Mario Kart inspired game that's you coming. Don't care to about that, Eric. For free. Get oh out my of here. God, it's gonna be great! I'm gonna be freaking. I'm gonna be Mickey Mouse. All right, I'm gonna be Mickey Mouse playing some Mario Kart, handling business, having a good time. That's what I'm talking about. I went yes. Anything that's Mario Kart inspired, I'm on board with. Let's play it. That's what. I, that's what I. That's where I was, man. I was like, yeah, that's the game. That's the one right there. I don't believe that for a second, Eric. But when I did see Donald Duck <laughs> sitting next to a car and then yeah, him having this like was... weird, weird, crazy punch attack, would you, would you punching everything, that was I great. really actually I like, did that like is, that. That was pretty. Cool. That's classic Donald right there. That's what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. <sighs> I will say I was mildly interested in it, but not really, really. You know what I'm going to mention? Chrono Cross. Uh huh. But and I was excited at first. I was like, all right. Here we go. I'm I'm stoked. It's it's what I want. I want to play Chrono Cross again. I ain't gonna lie. I was hoping for a remake. I wanted a remake, but I knew it, was it wasn't gonna, gonna happen. happen. It was a pipe dream. And I thought, okay, a remaster. But then they started showcasing it, and it didn't look any better. It didn't look any different. You know why that is, Eric? It's the same reason. Now here, side tangent, but I'm gonna come back around to it. When I was watching all those Final Fantasy retrospectives, I was watching them from all over the place. Uh-huh. And I started on in on one for Final Fantasy VIII. And the guy went, I'm playing the Final Fantasy VIII Remaster. I hate this. Why is it in 4x3? Why are the backgrounds really blurry? It's because there were pre-rendered backgrounds before. And in that case, as I'm assuming it is with here, they don't have the actual hardcore assets anymore to do them, to like make it. 
you know, you can't stretch the frame to make it 16 by nine because it was, it's this one piece of art from this one camera angle. You can't make it bigger. It was designed to be that way. So I have a feeling that's what this is too, because uh-huh. this is mostly pre-rendered backgrounds in that one too, right? You were kind of yeah. zooming around on the thing. That's mm-hmm. why. So it, beyond that too, with that being said, it's true. But also I was hearing rumors that this is actually just a mobile version that's just being ported over to the Switch. And so I'm like, okay, so, because I guess the rumor is that they were redoing a remaster for mobile for Chrono Cross and that they were like, well, we could also get it on the Switch. Why the hell not? Here we go. Chrono Cross, Radical, Dream Edition on the Switch as well. And I went, oh, well, I mean, I'm still going to play it. I still love Chrono Cross. Why the hell not? But I'm like, oh, man, well, I mean, if it's just a portable edition, then... And it still does look a little bit better. I mean, it looks a little crisper, like the portraits are a little bit different, the dialogue boxes are cleaner and more mm-hmm. readable. And then someone mentioned the fighting style is a little different, which, I ain't gonna lie, I love Chrono Cross, but it's been so long mm-hmm. that when they showed the fighting scene, I, I, I didn't know any better. I'm just like, well, I mean, it still looks like it has the different colors, mm-hmm. and it showcases like your your attack based off the color you're using. But I, when they, when it was said to me, I was like, well, maybe those, maybe the bars down there, you know, the little characters and the where they're at and their actual progression. But I'm speaking out of my league. I don't know, you know, I don't, I, I haven't, I didn't even know there was a freaking mobile version of Chrono Cross coming, apparently. So I'm all like, well, I don't know. Now I got to research this because you know, I'm super interested, but I don't know what the hell's going on anymore. What, the, what's happening? But you're still gonna, I, I, I still want to play it. I was gonna yes. say I'm not gonna speak for anyone else, but for me, you're still gonna want to play it because. Are you ever going to pull out that disc and dust off no. a PlayStation 1, 2, or 3 to actually play it? You're not going to. No. So if you want to play Chrono Cross, you're going to get this version. Exactly. And like going back to the Final Fantasy VIII remaster, like they remastered the PC version. So there are some differences there too. So that's just what Square does. But I saw this and I was excited because it's another retro RPG for me to remember how cool it was and then get it and play it here and be excited because this is again, a game I played a ton of, you know, I went and got tons of characters and made it through a big chunk of the story, but I never went and beat it. Like I never went that last, like if it was the 400 yard dash, I didn't make it the last 50. I just went, all right, I'm getting it. Oh man, look at that new game over there. And I just never went back to it. So I'm excited for it. Plus, you get Radical Dreamers, which is, I mean, it looks like a text adventure or visual text novel Text adventure that uh, inspired What's-His-Face to actually do Chrono Cross. But, I mean, that's something cool we never had in the West anyway, so extra added bonus for you. So, yeah, it, it was exciting, and I was happy to see it. And, uh, and there's there's a million more here, man. Come on, you got to give me one. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about exciting, a blast from the past, coming back and being remastered, but maybe not looking as great as I remember some other things in the series being front mission. The first, the first front mission game it's being remastered launched on the switch. And I watched it and I went, okay, the the, moving on the grid looks right. And then it zoomed in to the Vonzers and they shot at each other and it kind of went like plip, plip, plip. And I went, that's not right. They don't look, they don't look right. They don't look big and heavy. Like, the one. I mean, I was excited because I love Front Mission and seeing actual Front Mission on a grid the way it's supposed to be. It got me excited. But again, seeing the graphics and I'm like, that doesn't look like the one I love. But at the end, it said Front Mission 2 is also coming. So you know what that means? 
hopefully, Eric, if Front Mission 1 does well and Front Mission 2 does well, then one of my very favorite games of all time, Front Mission 3, might get a remaster, a remake, a re-release, a re-out there in the world, maybe without the slowdown, because that's the only problem I ever had with that game. When you fire a shotgun and it hits every body part a million times, it just kind of goes so slow. I'm excited for this. I'm going to get the first one. I'm going to get the second one. And please, for the love of God, bring me my Front Mission 3 remastered, re-released, anything. I love Front Mission. I love traditional Front Mission. This is more of that. And and it gives me hope to see the best game ever again. And I'll tell you, Matt, you know why it looks so different? It's because it ain't just a remaster. It's a remake in full 3D for Front Mission. So you're not just getting them old school sprites, etc. It wasn't sprites, but you know what I mean, that clunky old school Mm -hmm. PS1 graphics. No, this is a full 3D remake, apparently. Now, that's scary and awesome at the same time. Because it's like you said, it might not be what you want it to be. But also it may be freaking amazing and take advantage of what the Switch can do and be stellar. I don't know. The the one thing that did kind of save it right after I went, oh, the Vonsers don't look quite right, is they cut to like the, the map screen and then they had the portrait of the character with some speech bubble next to him. And I went, that looks 100% right. That's front mission to me. Now, again... I've never played one and two because those were like super Famicom games. Like three, I think, was maybe the first one we officially got here. Uh-huh. So I'm excited to see what this one is all about, just like with the other games I've talked about. I'm right there with you. Uh, I watched From Mission 3 played a crap ton. A buddy of mine, Mr. James, used to play it all the time. So very familiar with the game. Never played it myself. I wasn't a big mech guy. I've kind of come around on that a little bit, but at the time, wasn't my jam. But I'm sort of interested in this one as well. And a game that has mechs and everything else, though, that I'm a little invested in is freaking Xenoblade Chronicles 3. You're not that allowed to play that. this one, Eric. You're not allowed. I, I can't. You're, you're right. not allowed to. I, hey, I was going down that road, all right? I said, but, Eric, you're only like 46, 48 hours in to Xenoblade Chronicles 2. You never even, you never even play, finished it. You got halfway through and just stopped playing. And I went, you're right. I can't play 3. I don't rate it. I don't rate it until I go back to play 2 and finish it, which is impossible at this point because if you don't know, that game's super convoluted, super ridiculous, and its battle system is freaking crazy and weird. So there's no way I can pick that game back up and play it. I'm going to have to restart it. That means I'm going to have to play 46, 48 hours over again. And I'm like, Eric, do you really have the time to do that? I don't. I just don't. I don't have it. You do. You just got to stop watching anime, Eric. You turn oh, the anime man, off. So many seasons of anime. Or put it up on the side. Put it up on the yeah. side over there. Now, I got excited <laughs> watching the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 trailer too, because I watched it and all the JRPG itches were scratched. I was so invested and I started rubbing my hands together and I went, oh yeah, this is going to be it. That's Xenoblade Chronicles though, isn't it? And I went, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And I went, I really hope there's not a lot of attachments or story continuations from the first two because I've never even played the first two at all. But this one looked so cool that it made me go, maybe now is the time for me to get into Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and have this be like my year-long epic, because they're all super long and super weird and super convoluted. They are wonderful, and they're gorgeous. Even with the Switch's, you know, not-so-great graphics, the ability to take that world, and as you saw with the vistas and stuff, and just see so far, and just know that this place is huge and enormous and beyond your comprehension 
it was it was awesome. It's just they're as I just said, they're huge. Huge. You're gonna go through these huge environments. And it's that old school RPG, Matt. I'm just warning you. Where, hey, oh man, what's over here in this little cove? You know, this is pretty neat. Oh, it's a level 99 dragon. Ah, he just ate you. There's no warning. There's no hints. There's no nothing. You decide to wander to a cove thinking there'd be a treasure chest and a level 99 dragon just ate you. I mean, that's just the way it goes. This game has a lot of that. You have to prepare yourself mentally and have the fortitude to know that you're going to die and be screwed over at any minute and that you're just going to have to come back and go trucking on the other direction with a little keynote in your brain. Oh, hey, may, maybe if I ever get to level 99, I can come back and kill this dragon. Maybe I'll get something here. But speaking of the complete opposite of that, it's another game that <laughs> it's sort of in the same vein as the one you jokingly said you're excited about, mm-hmm. but I am excited about. When Kirby and the Forgotten Land showed up again, I was excited the last time we saw a trailer for this because he was kind of walking around the... P- not post-apocalyptic in a bad way, but like nature's retaking the planet type of way. Mm-hmm. And I went, that looks really cool. And then they showed more stuff here, especially like the big transformations where Kirby tries to suck up that car and he's kind of like engulfed it, but it's not all the way. And now he's got car abilities. Now he sucked up an elevator and now he's got elevator abilities. It's Kirby's Odyssey. That's what this reminded me of. And I loved the Super Mario Odyssey mechanics of turning into things and changing your abilities by turning into things. That's literally what Kirby's doing here. But not only that, you can go to town because you set up a town of these Waddle Dees that you rescue from the new bad guys, and you can upgrade your already upgraded copy abilities. So when you slurp down an enemy and turn into like the little cutter hat, instead of just throwing out one little cutter, now you got a whole bunch of them flying around. Instead of just the little fire trail, now you're shooting giant fireballs. I love Kirby games. Something about the bright colors in this one really make me smile. And then upgrading the copy abilities. And then upgrading those with the big ones too. This ticked all the boxes. I was so happy when I watched this. I'm interested as well in that one. That's one I'll keep an eye on, maybe get for the kids for Christmas, you know what I'm saying, that as, a, as a gift for them, but really for me to play too. It's uh-huh. a, that's, a, that's a win-win game right there. I hate to do it, but what I, what I was interested in is another one I can't actually play because I don't rate, and that was the Fire Emblem Warriors. Uh-huh. I went, oh, hell yeah, I love Fire Emblem. It was, this has been great. I've been loving it, you know, and I, I played, I don't know, probably 20, less hours, 25, 30-ish hours of the previous title. You know, got into it, was getting really good into the school thing, doing some combat missions, trying to figure out who I liked, who I didn't like, and then I got overwhelmed. I was starting to get like, I don't know, the decisions are too much, and it isn't forgiving like Persona is. It's kind of, boom, this chunk happens, that's it. Now you go to combat, now it's the next chunk. There's no going backsies, there's no fixing anything, that's it. So I got scared. And now they're like, oh, hey, guess what? Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes is coming out, and it's got all the characters from Fire Emblem Three Houses, so you just get to continue on your adventure. And I'm like, oh, I love those characters. I love that. That's great. And then on top of it, well, didn't I just play uh, Persona 5 Strikers? I know how to play these games now. I can go in there and beat millions of bad guys up at once and fly around like a crazy maniac, and that's what this game's all about. And I went, this is right up my alley. I said, maybe, Eric, maybe I just never finished Three Houses, and I just play three hopes instead no and then pretend like i finished no three houses i will never let you live that down eric (laughs) 
but but I just imagine this game will be easier. You know what I mean? This game's going to be easier than Three Houses is, and it'll allow me to beat it and have a great time and be part of the Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem community. You know what I mean? I just want just to be a part of it, man. We thought That's that all. same thing about Persona 5 Strikers versus Royal, and it turned out to not be the case, though. So yeah, it, was, it was hard, but I got it got it got easier after fifty sixty hours. That's well, yeah, that's that's I'm sure that's what this will do too. <laughs> but it did look interesting. It did make me go, "Huh? I want to touch this and play this." Just as long as you know, a million of these games, guys, direct stupid. <laughs> now another game that I saw, and I've been wanting to touch and play this game for a while, and I actually did try to do it not too long ago. It's Live Alive, which is finally coming to the U.S. in a beautiful HD 2D remaster of this fantastic Super Famicom game. And I say fantastic only hearing about it secondhand from people who have played it. This is a game where you play as multiple different characters in multiple different timelines, all doing different types of things. One of them, you're a martial arts master. You're going through a tournament type of thing. One, you're like in prehistory, you're a caveman, and there's no dialogue in that one. One, it's in the far future, you're on a spacecraft, all kinds of stuff's happening. And from what I've heard secondhand, I guess it's not really a spoiler. It's a game that's a million years old. At the end, all of these characters come together. And the ending is like one of the best on the Super Nintendo, like encapsulates all of this big story. So I have actually tried to play this not too long ago. I downloaded a Super Nintendo emulator and a translated ROM and I started up and I had no instructions or anything, did not know how to do Jack. And I completely got ruined. I tried the uh, the martial arts master first. I couldn't figure it out. I died and I went, I'm going to play this tomorrow and tomorrow never came, except now it can, because I'm going to play the remaster of this, and I'm going to be excited. And I'm also going to be excited that people really now know that it's called Live Alive. For the, all the people I've heard from secondhand who can't read the katakana and called it Live Alive, which was completely wrong. So yes, I finally get to rejoice in that people will call this game by the right name, and I can finally play it. I'm excited. I would have called it Live Alive. You were half right, That's so I'll give you half said. points. You're good. So if you were going to let me introduce this, which I would have if you didn't say anything, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So whew, at least I'd have got 50%. God, good for me. Good for me. No, this one did pique my interest. You know, Squaresoft back in the day making it. Never came over. Sounded cool. Looked pretty cool. But obviously just drifted past. It was something I never really invested in or, you know, paid too much attention to. It was one of those, you know, reading through my old video game magazines going, wow, that looks neat. And then just never seeing it. You'd, but that happened with tons of titles back then. So. Yeah. I recognized it, but didn't have any affinity for it. But seeing it coming out, I was like, well, maybe this will be the time. And that kind of goes into my quick last one for myself, which is Klonoa. Mm -hmm. That's another title where I rented from the library a few times, had a great time with, was really enamored with how the it was 2D but 3D kind of, that you know, that craziness going on. It was one of the first ones back then that I played that did that kind of animation going on, and I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. I never beat either of them, but you know, I've played both of them. It was kind of one of those, like, ah, whatever, you know, just, like I said, rent them, have fun. Seeing them here coming to the Switch, that makes me feel just like you said earlier with the front missions. Like, well, if they're going to do this and this, maybe, maybe they're getting, they're testing the waters. Maybe if people like this and it does well, we'll see some new Klonoa. And, it, you know, you've heard about it before and, you know, people that are fanatics or really like it thinking, this should get, a, it should get another chance, da-da-da-da-da. 
this could be it. And I'd be down for it. I'd love to. This would be exactly one of those purchases I'm telling you about. Wow, this is for the kids. <laughs> and then I play and beat it myself. It's, it's a win-win. I love these games. Come on. Klonoa is one of those game series that I remember seeing like on that Toys R Us wall where you'd flip up the thing and see the back of the CD case. I saw it all those times and went, this looks cool, but I knew nothing about it. Until way afterwards, after the first game had come and gone, and everyone said, oh, yeah, it was really cool and great in a 2D, 3D, and I saw some clips of it, and I went, oh, I should have gotten that little slip one of those times I did that. Now I can, digitally, here on the Switch. And I'm another thing I was excited about, I don't know why I'm so excited about it, but when I saw it on my screen, it made me happy. People have been clamoring for Earthbound to hit any kind of re-release at all, now it's coming on the Super Nintendo bit of the online subscription service. And it just made me happy seeing Ness and Paula and everybody else running around. I loved that game back in the day. I actually owned it. I played the hell out of it. I beat it back in the day. It's another retro RPG coming. And now I can play it again fresh on a modern screen TV. I don't have to dig my Super Nintendo out of storage. I can download it essentially for free. Now I can play through it again right there on my couch on my modern big screen TV and have great Earthbound times. I love Earthbound so much on the turnover sheets. I write, no problem here because that's what you do when you do the check on Earthbound and there's nothing to report. No problem here. That's what I write all the time. That's how much I love that game. Well, good for you, man. I'm glad you love Earthbound. I, unfortunately, never played it. So I'm just one of those scrubs that has no idea what Earthbound is or was about or anything. Sorry, man. I will say, speaking of scrubs, every time I watch a video on Earthbound, everyone starts it off with, yeah, Earthbound. People only ever remember emulating this game. Like, no, I had the physical cartridge in my hands. I plugged it in and I played it and my buddy played it too. We had two different save files. Oh, God. No, passed right by me. Unfortunately, like I said, I didn't get that bug until PlayStation hit. <sighs> so a lot of those types of games, I was like, nah, this ain't it. You know, where's where's my Gradius? You know, where, where's those types of games? That's know? fair. That's fair. That's it, man. That's all I got for you, buddy. I got quick hit ones just because I was happy to see them. One, Portal Companion Collection. I love the Portal games. Again, hey, instead of booting it up on Steam here and playing it with a mouse and keyboard like it was designed to be played, now I can play it on my Switch and have all kinds of goofy fun. Taiko no Tatsujin Rhythm Festival. I love the Taiko no Tatsujin games. I love music games. And then just, I think for nostalgia's sake, I was happy to see this, Nintendo Switch Sports. Mm -hmm. We played so much Wii Sports. Watch (laughs) Watch Dan screw up the disc golf. You remember, I remember the, yeah, that's the, that's exactly the face mm-hmm. we all made at the time, <laughs> but it has such strong, happy memories that I'm going to get this. I'm not going to play it near as much, but it's just when you own a switch, you got to have something like this. You own a Nintendo console, you have a little Nintendo mini game collection. I don't know. Like I said, I'm probably never going to like play it really hard, but when I saw this, I went, that's it. Hell yeah. I'm excited for this, but that's it for me. That's all I got. I'll just mirror you on that one. I am super excited for the new Wii Sports. We played it so much. It's just too many memories not to get this one and have a good time with the kids, etc. So it's a definitive buy, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, It's more for nostalgia's sake than anything. Yeah. And that's it. We did it, folks. Hooray for us. Woohoo! Hooray for us and hooray for you out there in podcast listener land. Because it's time for you to let us know 
what you're excited about in Tiny Tina's Wonderlands or from this Nintendo Direct. Let us know via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme. And find us on Facebook on the Third Shift. You can find us over there. We're happening. We're rolling. We're having a good old time. You can also find us on Patreon. Little old tip jar, like what we're doing. Want to help us out? Throw a buck, two bucks, three bucks, any kind of bucks, including the million bucks, in which case we'll change our whole lives. And go make a food lion, have a food lion, have all sorts of things, babies in jars, goldfish, all sorts of weird stuff going on there. We're going to have cameras. We're going to do little TV shows. We don't promise promise any of that, but we do promise the food lion portion because that's the way it works, I guess. I don't know if that's true either, but that's what we're saying for now. No, wait a minute. I feel like since we don't actually promise all the other stuff, when we get the million dollars, we oh, when we quote fingers open a food lion, we're gonna like buy like a magnetic version yeah. of the logo and slap mm-hmm. it on your garage door, and inside I'll bring my BB in the jar and be like, "Look, mm-hmm. we got babies in jars at the food at the food and lion." We, and- and I'll put my blink cameras in there. We got cameras monitoring what we're doing, and we did it. Yeah, you ring doorbell cameras to see you coming home going, <laughs> here we are at the food lion. <laughs> How we choose to open it, that's up to us. I'm just saying, if you want to help us out, that'd be greatly appreciated. We thank you so very much. If you can't throw us money, you can help us in so many other ways. Mailbag questions, uh, five-star ratings on the old Spotify, five-star ratings on the iTunes suggestions comments concerns all that wonderful stuff helps us help you and we appreciate it so very much absolutely we do and we appreciate you listening to the very next episode which will be dropping on the 17th of february you can find that episode on itunes on stitcher on poppy and on spotify and on youtube and as i always say hey if you like what we're doing you'd like to help us out please give us a like rating a view a comment a subscription any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out and we really do appreciate it Indeed we do. And as I told you, check out Spotify. It's got them new star ratings. We'd greatly appreciate the five-star ratings over there, as well as, per usual, on the iTunes. Five-star ratings would be fantastic. But that's up to you. I can only tell you to go do it so many times. Okay? Thanks. And with that, there's nothing else to say. But don't forget forget to to say... Sit down.